0: Welcome back to the Speak Up Sports podcast with your host, Anna Lively. I hope you all are just as excited as I am for this episode, since I am talking with a true game changer in the sports world, Rachel Luba. Rachel is the first female to own her own MLB agency, and she just recently signed her agent, Trevor Bauer, to a three-year, $112 million contract, the highest annual salary in history for an MLB player. Join us today as I get to learn from one of my role models about being a sports agent and what it's always like to be underestimated as one of the only females in the industry. Grab a bite to eat and enjoy the episode. Thank you, Rachel, so much for joining me today. I am so excited to get to learn more from you. I have enjoyed following your journey over the past few months and you being a trailblazer in the industry. So thank you for being such a great role model for me. Yeah,
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So I know your career in sports started in gymnastics. So what was the biggest lesson that you learned from being a gymnast? I
1: would say the biggest kind of takeaway lesson that I learned the most important one was would probably be just to be okay with failure and you know failing your way to success um gymnastics is a sport where you literally uh fall on your face that's how you start before you ever you know do a skill perfectly it starts with understanding that you know the first hundred or you know whatever are going to be you know, you falling on your face. And so you kind of fail your way to success. And so I think that's been kind of the most helpful lesson that I've learned is, you know, failure is just a part of the process.
0: Yeah, that's a great lesson. So how did you transfer from being a gymnast starting at UCLA, but then throughout your college career, transferring into boxing and then earning a bronze medal at the 2013 Boxing National championship?
1: So I started once I retired from gymnastics. My body was pretty uh, beaten up, uh, and I just like couldn't. They wouldn't clear me medically to continue, um, you know, competing anymore. And so I decided, um, you know, I it was re- I was ready to retire, and I wanted to still, you know, be active, but I didn't really understand the concept of working out just to work out. Um, I always needed something to be training for um, because that was all I ever knew. So I started, I kind of transitioned into and I tried CrossFit really briefly. Um, and the first kind of coach I had, I guess, uh, where I did CrossFit back, um, back at home one summer, uh, he was a former... Um, MMA fighter and so he kind of decided one day after CrossFit that he asked me if I wanted to you know mess around on the mitts a little and do some glove work and I was like cool yeah I'll box and uh, I loved it and you know I think I had a natural kind of just um, like ability I was pretty quick with my hands and stuff like that and he saw it and he kind of got excited and he told me, he was like, I'm going to make you into a fighter. And I was like, no, 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 like, I'm not ever going to fight anybody. Um, But I should have known that I'm not really good at doing anything unless I do it like 110%. So um, several months later, next thing I know, I was entering into my first fight.
0: (laughs) That's such a fun experience and journey there. I also had to retire from gymnastics a lot earlier, but because of uh, having the equivalent of Tommy John's. But it's cool how you transferred.
1: That's brutal. I. It's funny because I never really hear of anyone like they don't really call it Tommy John in anything you know in sports other than baseball or softball. You know, yeah, um, but yeah, I never really think of other people other than you know people in baseball getting Tommy John. But
0: yeah. So going into college, where did you see yourself going career-wise at first?
1: Um. I knew I wanted to work in sports I wasn't 100% sure what exactly and then I quickly kind of had the realization that I was very interested in doing something with the individual athlete and I think that was largely because I was always just an individual sport athlete um, most I would say a majority of people tend to lean towards doing something on the team side um, people like being a part of that you know having that camaraderie and being a part of something um, maybe just because i never had that it was never super interesting to me but the individual athlete was so i started to you know kind of narrow it down to okay i know like what side of sports i want to work in and then started thinking more about what could i do and this idea of you know maybe being an agent representing athletes um, started to sound you know intriguing to me and then uh, i started to You know, I didn't want to work in gymnastics or do anything on the Olympic sports. I wanted to do one of the big big four, um, football, basketball, hockey, or baseball. Um, And I happened to uh, be really good friends with a lot of the baseball players at UCLA. And so kind of just thought, you know, why not baseball?
0: (laughs) Right. And then you got into sports and after college. So what would you say makes a good sports agent? And can you take me through what kind of processes you have to do as an agent to sign a player?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, what makes someone a good sports agent is, you know, someone who, you know, genuinely cares about the player. And who, you know, will do kind of whatever they need to do to make sure that, you know, the players have everything that they they need. Um, and, and get everything that you know they're hoping for that's you know within obviously within reason and um, attainability but um, you know I think you gotta you got to be very patient um, it's a slow kind of process you've got to be good with you know communication uh, also the ability to you know kind of negotiate understand the market things like that um, but but kind of be a middleman with the Uh, employers of the sport and your athletes and your clients um i guess in terms of like what uh, what systems you're you know i have in place or you know what you kind of have to do to sign a player i mean a lot of it is i think just kind of starts out with building um a relationship with a player and you know getting them to trust you to believe in you enough Like to believe in you that you believe in them Um, and, you know, for them to really buy into kind of how you can help them. Um, I think a lot of times, I mean, right now, a lot of agents kind of offer the same thing. Um, So, you know, you got to find ways to set yourself apart. What makes you different? Why are you going to be a better, you know, why are you going to be better representation for the player than, you know, the other hundreds of agents out there? Um, so, it's, a, it's a, usually a long process. It's not usually quick. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into really recruiting a player and signing a player. Um, but I think a lot of it just really starts with trust.
0: Yeah. So, as a sports agent, like having to be unique and you saying set yourself apart, what would you say you would recommend to someone like me who may be interested in the sports agency field or similar fields? what would you say are the key components to make a successful agent or how you can like prepare yourself while in college through a major or other aspects to help you on later?
1: So in terms of major, um, you know, look, I've always been a big believer that if you understand computer science and coding and the ability to you know uh work with statistics and you know quantitative analytics that kind of stuff that's super valuable um i think the 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 least valuable kind of major or anything to have like that in my opinion is just a general like sports management um major because that's all stuff you kind of learn on the job anyways it's all stuff that It's very kind of um, overarching, basic, like surface level, uh, you know, stuff. Whereas if you can specialize in something in a niche-like area, like coding, right? If you could code stuff, you could create algorithms for an agency, for a team, for, you know, whatever. If you can do that, that makes you so much more valuable um, to, you know, to anyone in the industry, really. So I think it's kind of becoming an expert in something that not a lot of people in the industry know. If you have a, if you get a sports management major, while that's great and all, you know, you're no different than anyone who's already working in the industry because they already know that stuff, right? So you wanna find something that just makes you very unique, that sets you apart and that makes you kind of an expert in, you know, a very, it can be a very, you know, specific area
0: so what did you do to help you do that in before you started your own sports agency
1: so one of the big areas that i really focused on and kind of you know became an, an expert in was salary arbitration it's an area of you know the baseball agent world that even some of the agents that have been around for a really long time um unless you've ever had to take a player to hearing you don't most don't really understand the process A lot of times they hire out other, you know, um, they're called like expert agent advisors and they help the agents with that kind of stuff. But if you have a really good understanding and grasp on salary arbitration, you you set yourself apart in the industry without a doubt, because there are very few that really do understand it. Um, So, you know, by having by basically, you know, focusing on that and you know, getting to have experience with arbitration, you know, more experience than pretty much every agent in the industry, um, just from my time working at the MLBPA, the Players Association. Um, but doing that kind of stuff really set me apart because it was something that, you know, I might know players, I might have a law degree, I might have all these things, but so do, you know, everyone, so does everyone else that works at an agency. Um, they don't all have law degrees, but, uh, you know, they all know players, etc. But not everybody knows salary arbitration.
0: Well, that's very interesting. I wasn't as familiar with salary arbitration before, but being more familiar with salary arbitration and then becoming the youngest certified female agent in the industry and then starting the first ever female like sports agency on your own, like what made you to decide to start this agency?
1: I decided to start it, you know, for a variety of reasons. One of them being, I was kind of sick and tired of having to having doors slammed in my face, you know, over and over again, um, by other agencies who were really unsure about my gender, and it was always just very polarizing, one way or the other. It was either very intriguing, and I, there were agents that liked it because I, I was like a token female, but that frustrated me because. I felt like you're missing the value, like the value doesn't come from my, my gender. The value comes from what I can do. And so it was either that or the other side of the, you know, spectrum was just that they thought I, there was no chance. You could be a female, you could be young, all this stuff and be successful. So um, I kind of got tired of trying to convince the agents to give me a chance. When I was talking to players and players didn't seem to have a problem with it, they were like, yeah, if you can do the job. Why not? Um, so, you know, I looked, thought about it and decided, you know, if no one's going to give me a seat at the table and no one thinks I deserve a seat, then I'll just create my, my own table. Um, so that was one part of it. The other part was that I just felt like there was a better way to do it, a more efficient way to, you know, have athlete representation. Um, which is why I started my agency and started um, using a very different fee structure, which is more like um, how attorneys operate and you charge billable hours. So I charge for the service I provide rather than taking a percentage of the value that the player creates himself on the field. You know, so most agencies will take a percentage of the of the contract that they negotiate but that contract largely is determined by the player's own performance on the field so rather than me getting a cut of that value i just get paid for the service that i provide
0: okay that's so interesting but i really like the mindset that you were talking about on how like you wanted to be valued for what you could bring to the table instead of just what gender you are so how would you say you have continued to like pursue what you wanna do amidst all the doubters and the people that weren't believing in you to be able to do something in a field dominated with males?
1: I think I just kind of keep my eye on the on prize, like on the goal and um, try not to, you know, listen to everyone and all, all the negative um, kind of feedback I get. I try to put it into context that Oftentimes it's coming from, it's not coming from people that are supportive of me and that are just, they're unsure and they're worried and doubting me. It's coming from people who maybe are more threatened by, you know, what I can do, or it, you know, concerns them a little, whatever it is. Um, But they don't know me. They don't know what I am capable of. So, you know, you should really only pay attention and really take, you know take to heart the feedback and criticism you get from people who who genuinely know you and you know who are very open-minded to you um you know people like that in your life i think they offer valuable feedback whether it's good or bad um it's valuable and you should you should listen to it um but you know people that have no idea who you are that are you know just kind of on the outside looking in what they say like they don't they have no idea. And there's so many other reasons they might be saying what they're saying that, you know, you just kind of have to ignore it and know that um, ultimately, like, what they think isn't going to matter.
0: Yeah, I love that you're saying, like, it doesn't matter what they say or what they think, like, you're just going to keep pursuing and doing what you do best. And possibly in this past off season, you probably showed them who was boss. (laughs) So you were the first MLB agent in general, but also female to represent a Cy Young Award winner in Trevor Bauer. And then this past offseason, you helped sign him to a $102 million three-year contract deal. First off, congratulations. That was so exciting to see. And then what was this whole experience like for you as you were the first agent in history to sign such a big deal? And how was the reaction from everyone towards
1: you? Um, people always try, they will make excuses as for why it's not quite, um, you know, first of all, everyone was doubting that, you know, um, you know, me and my partner like negotiating the deal that we weren't gonna do a good job because we do not have enough experience, et cetera. Um, that can be a frustrating process because it's a long process. So you have to kind of wait out the uncomfortableness of it where everyone's doubting you and you can't, there's, you know, you just gotta believe that it's all gonna work out. Um, but I think once, you know, once we got the deal we did, I think we showed everybody that what they thought was just completely wrong and they we did a good job. And I think the best part is we got, we got our client exactly what he wanted. Um, I know a lot of them kind of changed their tune. There was initially the talk of, you know, they, there's no way that they can get anywhere around like a $30 million at like plus AAV for, for Bauer. Um, obviously, I think we well surpassed that given the fact that we got him, you know, he's getting paid 40 million this year and he'll get 45 million next year no player in history has ever gotten that much. Um, so there are people now who will say, well, you know, he won the Cy Young and he should have gotten an eight or nine year deal. Um, the difference is, you know, he laughs at that when people tell him that because he get and he gets kind of mad because he's like, you, what, like, what is wrong with you? I don't want that. And for people to say like, well, you know, a better agent would have gotten him a longer deal. He's like, it's, I'm hiring you. I am the client, and I tell you what I want, and I don't want that. Like he, he was very adamant about it. he did not want a long-term deal. That was very important to him. So this idea that you know agents now will say, or other people will, critics will say, well, you know, it wasn't a long enough deal. Um, they can say that, uh, but you know, we did the best job for our client, and our client wanted X. So we got him like X plus some. So. Um, I think it was a, it was a fun process. It was a stressful process, but, um, I mean, I'm happy how, how it all turned out.
0: Yeah. And it's good that you were staying focused as you were saying earlier about like what your client wanted, because you know, your client best more than all those other people who may not know them and you still way surpassed everything that has ever been done before. So congratulations again. So what types of tips would you give to the next generation of girls like me who want to know more about what it takes to be a sports agent and see what qualities it really takes to not only make it into this world, but also to succeed like you have been succeeding?
1: Um, I mean, I think some of the most important things are, one, you know, you want to make sure it's really what you want to do. And I say that because. I mean one you should whatever you do for your career you know it's not going to feel like work if you love it but there is a lot of i hope one day it's different maybe when you're my age it'll be different i hope that's what i try to help you know help do for you know younger girls but right now my my advice is that it's not going to be easy like there is a lot of Stuff that is not fun that you have mm-hmm. to put up with things that don't seem fair oftentimes and and they're they're not but You have to understand that that's going to happen and you just have to be okay with it and kind of persevere and You can't get too caught up on in it um, if you want if you want to make it and so that goes so I go back to saying you know where that when I said you have to love it because if you don't love what you're trying to do, if you're not super passionate about it, and you know, for and you know, if you're not doing it for all the right reasons, all of the bad stuff that comes along with it, unfortunately, it's not going to be worth it. Unless you, unless you're super passionate about it, unless you know you're really doing this for the right reasons. So to start, just make sure you know it's really something you want to do, and you're willing to you know put up with with the bad stuff. Um, it's not easy it's scary there's no one right way to go into it um, there's no one path it's a and and that part's scary too um because you know you talk to 10 kind of different people and they all got in 10 kind of different ways whereas it's very different you know something like being a doctor or you know, I don't know, my parents were doctors there's a very set kind of path you take you do this and then this and then this and, and then you're a doctor um you know there's so many different paths so, you know, you gotta be patient. Um, you have to be okay with being uncomfortable, um, with kind of where you're at and uncertainty. And you know, you gotta you gotta love it. Um, and you know, you gotta be good at you gotta be good at networking and you know, keeping in touch with people and you know, kind of building that you know Rolodex of people you know.
0: Right. And as you were talking about making connections and relationships. And through your like YouTube channel and also your social media platforms and even your podcast, how do you connect with others in the industry to help promote your business, but also to just learn more about the business?
1: Yeah, so I, I mean, a lot of what I do is is on social media. I think social media is such a powerful platform where I can, you know, passively recruit players. I can you know, build my brand and get my name out there, uh, without needing to, you know, all I need is, you know, a phone and internet, um, or cell service. Right. Um, so a lot of what I do is, is through, you know, those different things. Um, and you know, all my different channels, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, you know, YouTube, they all serve kind of a different purpose. Um, but a very specific kind of purpose of what I'm trying to get at with them. And there's, you know, a strategy behind it. Um, But I think, you know, using social media is such a powerful way to get your name out there to connect with other people, um, you know, to recruit, etc.
0: So how would you say, like, throughout the past few years, when you've been more into the industry and starting your own agency, what would you say the biggest advantage and disadvantages of being one of the first in your career field?
1: um I'd say you know the advantage is if you take advantage of it there's a a lot you know if you decide to you know put yourself out there um, there's you know a lot of good you can do and you have an opportunity to be a very loud voice because you know all eyes are gonna be on you and you can like and you're already you already set yourself apart just because you know I'm, I'm a female when i walk into agent meetings you know there's a couple women in there and the rest it's all men so it's really easy for me to stand out right so if you take advantage of that in the right ways um you know it, it's very helpful um whereas you know other guys who are in the industry everyone looks everyone's like them it's hard for them to really distinguish themselves whereas i almost whether I like it or not, there's already something that distinguishes me. Now it's just I have to play it the right way and take advantage of it. Sure. Um, the biggest disadvantage of it is that too, is that I all eyes are on me. You know, everyone is very critical. Everyone scrutinizes everything I do way more so than any other agent. Um, and so it's, I think there's a lot more pressure and criticism and stress in a lot of ways Um, Especially because I do put myself out there. If you put yourself out there, you know, you're going to get, I get a lot of haters, but, you know, I could say I get more than other agents. But that's, and maybe it's because I'm a female, but it's also probably largely because I just put myself out there and no other agents really do that. So, um, you know, being the first to kind of do that, you you know, people look at it as, you know, she just wants attention and things like that. there's a very specific reason why I do it. Um, But you have to be okay with the people who are very vocal about it, who don't like it, who are critical, and just understand that it kind of comes with the territory.
0: So how do you handle the pressure and try to block out everything to keep doing and keep accomplishing the goals that you set for yourself?
1: A lot of times I have, I mean, I have a good you know core group of people like a support system in my life that you know are kind of their good reminders when i start to go down a bad path or a bad road mentally uh with certain things the haters um they're good at getting me back on track i think that's really important um you know kind of remembering always and taking a step back from what's most important Um, a lot of times i get really caught up in you know i'll find myself getting caught up in um you know, the mean things people say to me on, on social media or whatever. And, you know, people who don't like me on there. And then I realized, again, why do I have social media? I have social media for all these other reasons to push forward different, you know, agendas. But ultimately, what those people think of me on there, it doesn't matter for my job. Um, and, you know, I had a good a, good realization um like a couple months ago about this when I was not in a great place mentally um just because a lot of people were saying mean things and you know I started feeling kind of you know down and um a little just bummed out and then I got a message from a player who I didn't know but he reached out to me and he said hey you know I just and he's like a big a big player and he was like I just want you to know like I've noticed what you're doing I think it's really cool like keep it up and so reminders like that, that moment, I was like, you know what, that's his opinion, that matters. If he told me, if he reached out and he was like, you're ruining our industry, like, I'd be like, oh, shoot, that's something to be worried about, right? Um, but he's my client, right? Like, that's my clientele. That's you know, Those are the people that matter. And, you know, if he's saying, they're saying we love it, then, you know, the random trolls on Twitter doesn't matter what they think. Um, so, you know, just kind of reminding myself of, you know, when there's negativity, you know, what is the purpose of this? Can I get rid of it? You know, should I, you know, sometimes I log off for a couple of days. I just, I don't do anything on there and that's necessary. Um, but you know, what is the purpose? Who, again, who matters and who doesn't, whose opinion matters and who doesn't?
0: Yeah, that's such an awesome answer. And I love the way that, really think about that and just really realize what does and doesn't matter so thank you so much for helping me learn more about what sports agents and what you do and how you have been such an amazing role model and trailblazer in this industry
1: well thank you thanks for having me and i i love getting to share uh, you know a bit about what i do with other girls and um kind of give them you know insight into this world because I definitely didn't really have that when I was your age.